we're back with another interesting episode it's budget podcast my name is nancy odimegu thank you for joining us for today's episode we'll be looking at the extractive industry you know nigeria's extractive industry just a quick assessment of what is going on other than oil and gas in the sector you know we also have solid minerals and the rest and uh, we have the lead of extractive of budgets engineer adejoke akimbody she'll be joining us in the conversation today hi joke hi nancy thank you good to have you join us good to be here thank you so um the extractive industry i mean people say extractive is wide you know we have oil and gas solid mineral i mean we have so many things in extractive so so let's start with an assessment just take us through what nigeria extractive industry is looking like right now okay so for um for nigeria right so when we say extractive industry basically is oil and gas sector and solid mineral sector okay but of course we don't all know that the country will focus more on the oil and gas sector as like we know majority of our revenue comes from oil and gas sector mm. so but then again how have we been able to manage this sector in the past 50 more than over 50 years yes, now that yeah. we've been um, exploring oil in the country so we realized that for now we have about 37 billion barrels of crude oil reserves in the country and mm. let's say in some 40 45 years crude oil is actually going into it won't be commercially commercially viable again okay then what happens if we still decide to focus on oil and gas sector and this is where um solid minerals come into, into play, place yeah. right i mean nigeria is blessed with over 40 solid minerals which we have major seven major solid minerals priority minerals in the country but Governments, they've still not, they are yet to, you know, explore explore this um, sector, right? And it's actually amusing that just last week, the budget team were, were actually in um, Frost River State to visit some mining sites. Mm. And you could see the wonders that, that are happening that in this sector, that, mm. that is going on in this sector. And it's one area that government needs to, you know, pay attention to, I mean, as soon as possible. So, so when you say we are blessed with 40, over 40, and you mentioned like some seven solid, I think six solid, what can you tell us? What and what? So like, I mean, look at limestone, we have okay. limestone, we have bitumen, we have gold, mm. we have, you know, we have iron gold. ore. Actually, so iron ore last like, week. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, so we have um, lead, we have zinc, yeah. you know, we have coal. Yeah. So the, the seven priority um, minerals, if, even... Like I, like I said, we have over 40, right? Yes. So even forget about seven priority minerals. We, like, I don't think there's any state in the country that, that actually does have one or two so, minerals. Yeah. You know? And um, governments, federal government, state government, they actually need to you know, pay attention to this sector. We need to, it's high time we shift focus from oil, crude oil. Yes. You know? So I mean, so the solid mineral sector is one um, aspect that governments they've not been able to you know pay attention to and we also what happened um, during the covid 19 pandemic that oil crude oil price um, you know, dropped dropped i mean it's been consistent now that each time every time crude oil price drops nigeria virtually falls into recession mm. you know and that's that's because we solely um survive on crude oil and i mean it's not before crude oil we were surviving on ah, something yes no. right yeah so basically, our um, extractive sector needs to be looked into beyond crude oil. Okay. Beyond crude oil. All right. So, so with this now, how would you say oil has impacted the nation's economy? Let's start with the um, pop- let's start with public debts. Okay. Speaking public debts, I mean, if um, 
you know, with our oil, right? We explore, we um, sell um, our crude oil, mm-hmm. then we try to, you know, import refined products. Product, yes. And it's so sad that for a nation like um, Nigeria that actually has um, crude oil, we cannot even refine our own crude oil in the country. Because we are, we have to send it out. We have to send it out to them, buy it, and you know, at a more like, like very expensive, you know. And that's where we have um, these subsidy payments that when it comes in, because the landing cost is actually too high for citizens to afford, right? So I mean, another thing is if you look at um, exchange rate volatility and the current account um, shortfall. So I mean, ninety-five percent of foreign exchange is actually is tied to oil, right? So. When there is no oil to sell, then Nigeria is uh, there's always devaluation of naira because our exchange rates. So vo- our forex comes uh, majorly from crude oil. Yes. So we learn we earn less revenue from oil and gas exports if we want to if we really really look at it. So and that's because without majorly without crude oil, there's no exports for us like. What else do we even export in this country beyond crude oil? And that's one thing that affects, it doesn't just affect the federal government, but look at the states. All, virtually all states in Nigeria actually depend on crude oil crude revenue oil. from the FAC allocation yes. it gets from governments every month. And we saw what happened last year that federal government had to cut, the, cut down the budget and virtually all states too did the same thing because, I mean, they could not even survive on their own IGR. Yes. Right? So. And that's where you see that without when state doesn't get enough fact from government, it affects capital expenditure. In the, I mean, they could, the capital projects in states get the brunt of it most, and state governments decide to spend most of this money on recurrent expenditure. You know, so I think one thing um, that state government needs to look at is beyond the um, fact allocation. What can they even do in their, within their own states? To generate revenue, so because crude oil has so much um, power, so much impacts in the country that without crude oil, I don't think we can actually survive as a nation, right? So it's something we need to look into. And like I said again, recession. Almost every time that crude oil price oh, drops, yes. Nigeria goes into recession. So are you telling me that maybe in some, like I said, 40, 45 years time when, so there's, when no there's no oil, oil at all? Will Nigeria be in recession forever? Perma- like <laughs> permanently. So it's yeah. something we, government needs to, it's high time we start paying attention to, yeah. to this, to this really. Okay, so, so regarding paying attention to the sector now, so what would you say are some of the outstanding issues in Nigeria's oil and gas as well as solid mineral sector? The issues are unlimited, trust mm. me, but um, just to mention a few for yes. we have for oil and gas sector, we have an um, effective benefit transfer mechanism. And okay. you know, when we talk about that for benefit transfer mechanism is look at the Niger Delta region for example, right? So this is where we get the crude oil from. But trust me, that region is really, really underdeveloped compared to other regions in the country that doesn't even produce these natural resources that everybody depends on, right? So if you go to Niger Delta region, trust me, those people are really suffering. Like there's no development, they don't even benefit from the revenue got it from this um, yes, from this from crude this oil. Yeah. So and it's not because the government is actually not making attempts to, you know, do something for them. But I mean we have the thirty percent derivation that goes to just um, oil producing states. states. 
we have the NDDC, you know, we have NDDC, we have the 3% that companies pay to NDDC to develop this region. But because of, um, you know, the way corruption is in the country, okay. so these, they don't, um, this revenue, don't, it, it actually doesn't go to where it's supposed to go to. So at the end of the day, the people that benefit from this revenue, they, are not, they don't even live in these communities, right? They don't even know the plight of those that live in the community. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't even, the benefit at the end of the day doesn't get to the to the grassroots people, mm -hmm. right? And um, if you look, look at um, environmental pollution, like I said, so it's still the same people that actually, you know, suffer. suffer for it. I mean, we have the gas flaring, crude oil leakages, maybe when there is pipeline vandalism yes, and crude oil, you know, spills into the farmlands, farmlands and rivers. Yes. So that, that causes some pollution, a lot of pollution, and it affects the people that live in these communities. So their source of livelihood, because of course, most of the people in the river and Ryan areas are actually um, Farmers, fishermen. fishermen. Yes. So, right, so there, there's no fish in the um, waters again for them to, you know. Yes. Um, bring cell and other stuff and like I said again for something like solid minerals we have um, external mining is actually an issue and it's not supposed to be an issue if government is actually ready to you know scale it up for them so at times so people call it illegal mining okay. right maybe most of them don't have licenses to mine. and I don't really you won't you won't want to blend them because these licenses are actually very expensive for this kind of people to to pay for Okay. So yes. So if government can actually make it, you know, give them license and make it maybe cheaper or something for them. Yes. So there's some mining sites you go and you actually see houses surrounding these mining sites. Mm -hmm. Is blasting of um, minerals, the noise and everything is not going to be good for anybody's health. Yeah. That's so true. those are some of the issues. We also have um, technical capacity. Government needs to, you know, help them when it comes to capacity building and all. There's so many um, issues in this, um, in the extractive sector in the country, but of course, just to mention a few, like I said earlier. All right, all right. Um, so regarding the issues, right, what do you think um, are the possible solutions and what action to be taken to implement them? So when it comes to um, environmental pollution, so governments could, you know, maybe deploy some technology, um, maybe deployments of technology designed to, you know, swiftly detect that they can use to detect and localize or cut off flows when pipelines are leaking. So when it comes to pipeline vandalism, now there should be a way that maybe when a pipe is being vandalized and is and it starts and crude start leaking, they should get the signal. Some, yes, they should get the signal, okay. right? So but in most cases they don't they, they don't even know. They don't even know that Once maybe pipelines affected. Yes, okay, so you understand. That's true. So that's like we we need to scale up our technology know how. Is part of it, and of course, looking at some um, ineffective benefit transfer mechanism, right? I think it's high time that to reduce um leakages in this sector, we need to start our beneficial ownership checks. Okay. And of course, Nigeria, we have the register already for the BO register, but it's not in use. The procurement chain um, value chain needs to be assessed. Open contracting, we need to know. Okay, they want to maybe give license to people for probably oil wells it needs to be open because i don't think it's like you just said okay government have uh, they've allocated some oil wells or thereabouts to people but 
the, the um, citizens are not even aware how this um, bidding and stuff went. Um, they went about it, right? So government needs to open contracting and beneficiarship is something that is going to actually reduce revenue leakages mm. in the extractive sector. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, when it comes to stabilization savings framework for us in the country, we we sort of have um, different stable, um, savings mechanism in the country. But I think governments need to, you know, harmonize all these savings and t- stabilization laws so that you know that we, we have the excess crude accounts, we have the NSIA. Needs to be maybe harmonized so that okay, excess um, the money from crude oil that we are not we want to save is going to one account, one different account, and of course you don't. Um, if looking at that um, excess crude account, I remember that when the election, next 2019 election was coming, I think like towards the end of 2018, for three, four months consecutively, the rate at which they actually withdrew from this account was mm. alarming, Mm-mm. right? And you one would wonder that why you, yeah. are you withdrawing like that, proud to an election year, on, just yes. few months to election? So I think that needs to be looked into as well because maybe. Probably somebody, a government thinks, okay, what if I don't come back to government? <laughs> like, yes, you understand. So, so the money goes, so let so me take while like I can. Like, th- three, four months to the end of 2018, the rate actually, I, I can't remember the figure often okay. now, but it was really, really alarming, right? So, it's something government needs to look into. And when it comes to artisanal mining for the solid mineral sector, like I said, I think government should just legalize artisanal mining because most times they call it illegal mining, but people call it artisanal mining. Just legalize it and create some policies that will help these people that practice this kind of mining to be able to actually afford license, right? And of course, technical capacity, like I said, there should be some sort of um, capacity building and skill training for small-scale miners, yeah. small-scale miners and external miners. And of course, we have to, you know, there should be some... So I think another major problem we have in the solid mineral sector is um, lack of data, geosciences data. So there should be some sort of um, ways that we can digitize this data, geosciences data, because I don't think Solomon Rouse, I don't think there's even any data, any viable data available. In the sector. Solomon, yes, in the sector for Solomon Rouse. So I think that we should look at the international standard, how they do their documentation okay. when it comes to um, data, geosciences data, and we could adopt that process too for the sodium minerals um, sector. All right. Um, so some of these solutions now, would you categorize them as long-term intervention strategy? Would you say they can serve or you have some other ones? Because reforms, especially in natural resources in developing countries such as Nigeria, it happens slowly and, you know, across multiple political administration, like you said when you were giving your illustration. Four term after four term, another person is not sure if he's coming in and what he wants to take out cash out while he can, and the next person comes with another set of reform, another set of intervention strategy. So, which of these can you see? Can you say categorically can take us the long term road, even if we change administration, which will eventually happen, is still sustainable? Yeah, so I think one problem we have in the country is um continuity right so somebody is there today these are the things i want to do then probably he does it maybe halfway mm-hmm. then he leaves another person comes they don't continue with that they want to do, do their, their own, own yeah they want to make their own reform their own strategy mm. and it's sort of make it doesn't even bring reasonable results at the end of the day i mean half work that is half done then somebody else is come and disregard that 
it's not like maybe it doesn't make sense but first i just want to come and put my own footprint this is my own um stuff okay. right so so i think um continuity is lack of what is part of what we lack in this um country and that's because maybe differences in political parties or something so people don't okay i just want to do my own thing so all these um issues that we have in the extractive sector as a whole right it's not something that you can solve in a short time in a short term is actually long term but you have to start from somewhere okay. right so i think one major problem we have in the country is um lack of research right so we actually need to you know make research and this is where um, non-state actors say so actually come in right so we, we need to do a lot of research that will actually give us um enough evidence to make high quality arguments for policy development or implementation i mean look at what happened with the petroleum industry acts right do you know how many years that thing has been in the over 20 i think around 21 years mm. now but we kept on pushing okay this is why we need this um act right this is why we need the pia but now this is 2021 and it's been you know and i like the fact that they've you know it's been passed it's been is now an act and the implementation process seems to be fast okay so because i think another problem we have in the country is um implementation um gaps right so we create a lot of policies but we, we tend not to implement them so the policies will just be there, lying, follow, and nobody, the implementation, we have issue of implementing policies in Nigeria. So we need to do more of research when it comes to the extractive sector, especially the solid mineral sector. Because I feel like everybody focuses on the oil and gas, like I said. So we need more research to actually, so at least when you have, um, when you are informed about something, they cannot tender your um, arguments to yeah. policy makers, right? And um, I think another, so after the research that we need, advocacy so CSOs needs to come we need some sort of synergy among CSOs I mean one person cannot do it all instead of people just working individually we need some sort of synergy to drive this advocacy to the government okay this is why we need this okay. this is why we want to do that so we need a joint um, voice right Definitely. so um a lot of things that we can do maybe capacity building like I said and this all these um interventions shouldn't be um, a one-off thing Right, it needs to be continuous, continuous and yeah. it has to be sustainable okay. because we need sustainability too. And if we really want this um, reform to take place, okay. and looking at um, so we have so many corruption cases in the extractive sectors, right? The oil and gas sector, so we need a strong litigation process because I mean, you realize that most of these um, corruption cases just maybe get stuck in the um, courts room and you don't hear anything yeah, about, about it again. A very good example is the Malabo case the OPA 245 okay. I mean imagine the huge amount of money the country actually lost in that um case right so we, we, we when there is a corruption case in the sector it's something that needs to be seen to the end and okay what happens but most of these corruption cases just you know halfway and, and nobody says end. anything about it again you don't hear anything about it again and of course another thing we need to do is um feedback right so, okay, so if you are doing something, NGOs, donors, journalists need to, you know, try to look at what is happening globally. And, you know, can now, okay, this is what they are doing globally. Maybe you can pick some countries that we can um, emulate and, okay, can we replicate what they are doing in our country? Okay. At least, look yeah. at Saudi Aramco, right? It's like Saudi Aramco is one um, company I like to compare our NNPC with every time and it saddens my heart that I mean we are far 
away from, from them. reaching where so they we are. Can, yeah, you understand. So you can look at these countries that are actually performing well with their natural resources and how, okay, how are they doing it and it's working out for them. Can we replicate that in our own, our com- own country. country? So I think those are few things. I mean, we have a whole lot. So those are few things that we can do to that actually, you know, help this sector to grow okay. the way we want Long term, yeah. So so before I let you go, right, now having said all of this, what do you think, um, what can budgets do? Right and other non-state actors, what can they do to just you know as support to develop the sector? A whole lot, and um, like I said, um, working individually doesn't even cut it anymore. So we need synergy, like I said. So I think one thing budget has been doing for um, almost four years now is we created an extractive consultative um, forum. Okay. We started in 2018, and we did every quarter on a quarterly basis. We come to a round table and look at the key issues in the extractive sector. So what is budget working on? What is this organization working, working on? on? What is what are you working? How can we collaborate? So okay. we need some sort of collaboration. We need to act. so if you collaborate together to amplify your voice, right? And um, we try to look at how we can so co- we come together, look at how we can actually strengthen advocacy in the industry in the sector as one as a joint um you know stuff instead of. So working alone doesn't even cut it anymore in this um, situation. And I think another thing um, we can do, budget and other non-state actors, is we need to continue to keep the space when it comes to data, policy, and um, visualize policy analysis. I mean, you can just decide to take one issue, maybe beneficial ownership, and carry out some research. What is happening in this country? What the country can do? make recommendations to the government, you know. So we need to, you know, keep that up. It, it, we need to continue. Then, of course, we need to mobilize citizens too because a lot of citizens actually don't even understand what happens in this sector. sector yes. So because, I mean, extract sector is one sector, it's too technical, so most people don't even understand yes, it. That's we need true. to, you know, carry out some sort of stakeholder engagement to, you know, educate citizens so that they can also know that, okay, so they can add their own voice too. Trust me, CSOs and cannot do it alone. We need the grassroots people. So and of course, data is very important when you are, you know, doing your stuff. And that's one thing we we've been doing in budget when it comes to extractive data. So we try to analyze policies in the industry, bring out data, and say, okay, how can we use this to pass our message to the people and the government? So those are just few things that um, budget and other non-state actors can do to, you know, make this sector work. All right, thank you very much. Uh, there you have it. That was the lead of extractive engineer Adejoke Akimbode, and she was taking us through Nigeria's extractive industry, everything you need to know about oil and gas, solid mineral, and trust me, there is more. Like Nigeria economy is beyond oil right now, and we need to diversify and you know utilize all of the sector. Thank you so much, Joke. Thank you for coming in today. Do you have any last you know words to just add? Thank you, Nancy. So I would just say, um, government needs to, you know, listen to the citizens at this point. Okay. And um, it's time we government shifts focus from crude oil. We need to start looking at Nigeria beyond crude, crude oil. oil. Yes, yes. So and a good sector we can focus, we can shift focus to is the solid mineral sector. So because I mean, oil is going into extinction, and we shouldn't wait till then. And start saying, okay, so what's next for the country? So I think government is that time government really, really pays attention to the fact that without crude oil, we cannot survive, and it's not supposed to be. We have so many countries that don't even have oil, and they have 
they are doing fine they are very fine so i mean we could we were i I believe we were even fine before crude oil came (laughs) so i I really don't know what went wrong Mm. so i think i i I think i'll my my advice for the government to start looking beyond crude oil all right thank you so much don't forget to share like and keep your comments coming on facebook it's budget ng on twitter it's budget ng and on instagram it's also budget ng my name is nancy or until next time do have a lovely day Mm -hmm.